During the National Minorities Mental Health and Awareness Month, or BIPOC, Black Indigenous People of Color Month, in July, we will highlight various speakers who work or who have worked in the past in the mental health field. We hope to increase your knowledge and your understanding of the importance of mental health to Black and Indigenous people of color. All right, we're back again. Or I'm back again, and it's good to be back, and it's good to be able to talk to you, especially this month, which is an important month to me. This is Mental Health Awareness Month. It's Black Indigenous People of Color Awareness Month. Mental health awareness. I'm sorry. I want to forget that part because that's the most important part is the mental health part or the part which brings awareness to mental health. So we want our focus to be on minorities and mental health. And I did speak to you before on minorities and mental health. I had uh, experience, strength and hope, which was the podcast that I had to really focus on uh, minorities and mental health or mental health period. As I remember that, let me change it. That focus was on men also and mental health, you know, black men and mental health. I think that's what it was entitled. I'm not for sure uh, without going and look back and listen to me talk like I got about 3000 podcasts under my belt, (laughs) but I can't remember for say, but one thing I do remember is my experiences in the mental health field. The, you know, I've been working as a case manager in mental health for now 16 years. And before that, uh, I, I was in the school district uh, here in the city um, that I live in. But I know from personal experience the importance of mental health in the African-American community or minority community, you know, uh, as a uh, case manager, I have experienced working with just about every race, nationality, or creed, color, whatever you want to call it, this on this earth. Almost everyone. And uh, everything is different. You have to approach it different. You have to look at, look at the job in a different way because you're dealing with different people and you're dealing with different problems every day. And it's important not to get caught up in the person, who they are, the color of their skin, how they look on the outside, they, their financial status or their financial uh, economic status. You can't look at that. You have to look at the help that you are going to give to someone. And I couldn't look at that. I had to look at the help that I wanted to give to someone. And I didn't focus on the color. I I haven't focused on the race or anything like that. But focus on what can I help you with today? Now, don't get me wrong. This didn't come to me just overnight or just all of a sudden I became a case manager. Know how to deal with different people and different races. But and it took a while, you know, it, it. you don't just learn everything overnight, but it took, uh, of course, I was trained. I went to school, went to college. I was trained by the job on, you know, you may have went to school, but you want to get trained by that job that you're doing. They have to train you and tell you, what are you here for? Uh, what kind of case manager you're going to be in? Who, uh, what population 
are you going to serve? You know, and so you think that this would just be easy, just running in there and just doing the job because you've been schooled on how to be a social worker. But that's not the case. Or you've been schooled on how to uh, you've been majored in uh, human services and you think you can just jump in there and provide those services. But you can't. It doesn't happen like that. It happens out there in the field when you're providing those services. And it happens from experiences that other people have had. I wouldn't uh, still I wouldn't be a case manager today if it wasn't for a few people. One of them was uh, uh, Alan Nesbitt uh, was a friend of mine and I had been knowing him for years. I remember telling him I want to do what you do. You know, I, I would see him when I was working at the school. Jimmy Turner. Jimmy Turner was very vital in me. Uh, important. Jimmy Turner was one of the major persons that I had to deal with. Uh, on a daily basis when I became a case manager, you know, he knew the job. He did it by the book, whatever, not just by the book of what, uh, of, of what you've been schooled in, but by the book about that client, what does this treatment plan say that I have to provide to this person? What does this, uh, uh, plan of care say that I have to do for this person? So he can focus exactly on the need, not looking at the person. And saying, okay, I think that they are this. I think that they're there. But what is your need? What have you said that your need is? You know, and so that was very important. And they taught me, uh, Jimmy Turner and uh, Jim Green, when I came in here, they taught me the ropes when I came into uh, services. Those two guys. So if any of you know them or hear, uh, if any of you know them, let them know that I, I still thank them uh, today. I thank a lot of people who would very uh, uh, vital and to I think a lot of people that were helpful to me and uh, helped me become what I am today and I'm not great at it I won't say that like I'm great I'm the best case man I won't say that but I love my job and I love helping people now let's focus on this though minorities less than that can be looked at less than not equal to a little bit lower. So that's why they say BIPOC black indigenous people of color awareness month for mental health or mental health awareness month for people of color. I'm a person of color. And so I know it's important, not just what I can give to somebody else, but what I can get for myself. Working in this field has taught me so much about my own self. And I didn't really learn about what I needed until about three years ago, doing a job for 16 years. And, you know, about 13 years, at about 13 years, I really started to focus on myself. What is my need? As an African-American male, black male, in Kansas, where I am looked at as a minority because there's not many of me. I don't see people like me as much as I would say anywhere else. People say, man, you live in this city. It's, 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 it's predominantly black or it's predominantly white. You got so many black people in your city and you got a lot of African-Americans. You got a military here. And you got mixed races here. Yeah, but if I travel anywhere about 10, 20 miles in any direction here in Kansas, I don't see a lot of me. And these are the people I have to service sometimes too. Or these are the people who come to us for service. And these are the people that I have to face when I stop on the highway to get gas or when I stop to buy peanuts on the side of the road or whatever I'm doing. 
anywhere. You can say you're living in an area which is a a, 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 a military area and it's a you got a, a, a culturally balanced community, but only in this area. You can go a few miles any direction and you may not see anyone that looks like you. Uh, I, I can be here in my city and travel north, south, east or west 20, 30 miles and it's not as balanced as people think it is. So we have to think about that. And I think about that when I think about the job that I have to do. But what about those that are coming to us and they don't feel comfortable because they think that you might not understand their problems. Every, every, uh, everyone is not like you think it should be. I had a guy um, that I worked with told me, he said, man, everybody got a little something going on. You know, when we talked about mental health and I, I was shocked that this person, this is happening. Everybody had a little something going on and we all do. We all have something going on. But when my something is going on, I want someone that can be able to relate with what's going on with me. If I'm on a job and I'm feeling like that I'm being discriminated against and it's messing with my psychic and it's messing with my mind, I can't think right, do the job right. I want to be able to talk to someone who can relate to that. Now, not saying that uh, a person that's of a different race can't relate to it, but it's something about when you can relate that helps you. Sometimes you have to go through two or three therapists before you find a match. And it might not, it might be a black therapist, a white therapist, Puerto Rican, anything, you know, any, anyone, but it may take some time. Now, I, it took me a while before I can uh, uh, find someone to relate to. Now, I'm going to tell you, like I said, I did this job for 13 years before I needed to talk to someone myself. Besides, you know, your wife, your mom, your pastor. Not saying those people are not good and not important, but besides them, when you need to talk to someone, you want to talk to a professional. 13 years. Until I decided to say, hey, look, I need to talk to someone. I need some help. And it took me two or three therapists before I found uh, someone I can really relate to and someone that we were on a common ground that knew me. And no, this person was not an African-American. And no, this person was not a male. It was a female Caucasian woman older than me, but it was a match. So sometimes it may take time to find that match, but don't give up. As a person of color, we have to take care of ourselves. We've experienced a lot of things that's happened in the world. We experienced things that have taken place within the last few years that may cause you to be unsettled. You know, when you talk about the uh, coronavirus, when you talk about uh, uh, the economy, things that may have happened to you, you may have lost your job. You know, these things weigh down heavy on you and you can't continue to carry that weight on your shoulder. If you continue to carry that weight on your shoulder, sooner or later, you're going to get tired of carrying it or you're going to break down. You're going to throw it down, put it, take, put that weight off or you're going to crumble. And that's just the bottom line. So as I come to you this month, I want you to be aware of the need that we have for people of color in this field it's needed people of color not just case managers but and social workers but we need therapists 
psychiatrists, psychologists. We need these people in this field so others can be able to feel comfortable. I think sometimes, you know, sometimes may feel comfortable and, and a lot of people ask you, why you guys got to have someone just like you to feel comfortable? Why you got to think that you got to talk to other black people? You'll never know until you've been in my skin and experienced some of the things that I have experienced in life, you know. And I was at the point, like I told you, when I went to two or three therapists before I found a match, but I was at the point that I was ready to give up. Like, man, I can't find no one. This is this is crazy. I can't find anyone to talk to. But when I found that person, I knew right then and there uh, within the first 10 minutes, this is going to work. And it does. And let me tell you, get get rid of the stigma. Don't worry about what people think about you, what people have to say, because you may be going to see a therapist or you may be on medication which that part is none of their business, you know, really none of it is any of their business, but don't worry about what people think. Don't be ashamed of. So what you got to take medication for anxiety or depression. So what you have to see a therapist for anxiety or depression or PTSD or some type of anger problem that you may have. Don't let that keep you from receiving help. And I say that from my heart. And I thank you for listening to me. I hope you receive something out of this. And we move forward in this month where we make awareness to mental health for people of color. We want to bring awareness to this thing. You know, we want you to, to, well, it wouldn't be here if we didn't need it. It wouldn't be here if it wasn't a need because people step back so quick and say, I'm going to get my help from the church. I'm going to my mama's going to help me. My friend's going to help me. And then all this weighs heavy on you when one of them lets you down or something like that. And you may need someone else to talk to. Oh, yes, you can go to God. I believe that. I believe in God. I love God. I go to God myself for my problem. But I also like having someone that's physically there that I can talk to sometime. Not giving uh, uh, any more reverence to an individual than God. No, I'm not doing that. But sometimes you need to have someone sitting in front of you and you say, Hey, let me explain to you what's going on. I mean, this professional who have, may have dealt with people in the same situation that you have, that you're dealing with this anger. And you may say, Oh, I'm, I can get it from God. And you continue to pray, but you continue to have anger. If you're going to pray, you're going to have to believe and have faith that God takes this away from you with me. With my anger problem, my anger problem was off the chain. It was way out there. My ability to handle myself and handle being under pressure, having resentment in my heart, it was way out there. And it took for me to constantly ask God, help me, God, help me. And I prayed and I prayed and I prayed. And he helped me between God, my family, and a good therapist to talk to, these things begin to balance out. You begin to see the episodes start to balance out. They father apart. They're not happening every day. They start happening maybe once a week or once every few weeks, once every few months. And before you know it, you find yourself say, hey, man, what happened to that old me? All right, let's get into it. Let's take a look at ourselves. See what kind of help you may need. If you need help, don't sit there and battle with this PTSD. Don't sit there and battle with this disruptive behavior. Don't battle with the anxiety. 
oh, it's just a little something going on me. Don't battle with the depression. Depression is real, people of color. Depression is real. It ain't just a little something I'm going through, but it can attack you. I could sit here all day and give you numbers of what the suicide rate is between Af- um, with African-American and between Caucasian and uh, how they do it and how often they do it, male and female. I could tell you that all day. But what about you? You know yourself better than anyone, better than any numbers I can throw at you. You know yourself. You know yourself. So as we go forward in this month, we're going to continue to bring awareness to you. I have a few people that I'm going to have that's going to speak to you and bring you and enlighten you a little bit better than I have, uh, a, a little bit better than I can, or of different fields and different backgrounds that can open your eyes to what's going on within you. Thank you. Be blessed and be safe, but be real. Thank you for listening. I appreciate your support. By lending me your ear. Please go and subscribe, follow, and share my podcast. For questions and comments, I can be reached at bigdog0862 at me.com. That's bigdog0862 at me.com. Tune in weekly for something interesting and exciting. This is Antonio the Mayor, Tony the Mayor, signing off and saying thank you. And remember, You can reach me also on Facebook at Tony the Mayor. Tony the Mayor. D-A-M-A-Y-O-R. And you can also reach me on Instagram. The Mayor 0862. The Mayor. D-A-M-A-Y-O-R 0862. So I'll be looking to hear from you next time. And remember, call me. Send me a message. Because everyone has a story to tell of experience, strength, and hope. And I want to hear your story. Thank you again.